This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Chef Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, and we have a great show coming up in just a little while. We are going to be interviewing and talking with Trisha Morris, who is the Senior Product Marketing Manager over at Microsoft, and uh, we're going to be talking about their 2016 State of Global Customer Service Report. I have it in my hand right here. This is an amazing document. And by the way, if you can just remember Microsoft Global Customer Service Report, Google it. Yes, you'll have to put your name and email address in there, and they may give you some promotion later on, which you can always unsubscribe to, but it is well worth getting this report. So what I want to talk about for just a moment before we get into the interview is is a great concept, a concept that I call validation. Everybody knows what the word validation is. You do something and your efforts are validated. Uh, Your parking uh, ticket is validated so you don't have to pay when you go out. But what does validation have to do with customer service? And I think it has everything. And there's validation on two sides. For example, uh, let's talk about the sales process, which actually people say, well, where does customer service fall into the sales process? And the answer to that is, well, it's easy. Uh, Everything related to the customer. Every interaction that you have with the customer is part of the service process. So uh, the, from the very moment you interact with a customer, even during that sales process, from the very first moment, customer service and customer experience begins. When the customer decides the first time to do business with you, they have validated that effort. And now it gets real important because your goal from that point on is to validate their choice. They validate your effort and you validate their choice to do business with you. And done well, the customer experience continues. In other words, it's not a honeymoon period. It's not a courting period. I mean, many times companies and salespeople do a great job at selling somebody. And then when that customer finally buys, the customer says, wow, uh, why are they treating me differently now? And, And the flippant or cute response is, well, you're no longer a prospect. Today you're a customer. Well, let me tell you, my friends, the prospect... The prospect side of things never ends. The customer is always a prospect because at any given time, they could switch and go and do business with someone else. And what you must do at all times is validate their choice to not just have made a choice to do business with you, but to continue to do business with you as well. All right, so that's my little spiel for today, and I hope you uh, enjoy the ideas on validation. In a moment, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Tricia Morris and some great information. Here's something that's, that I find fascinating that's in the report, is that the most demanding customers in the world uh, 
what country would have the most demanding customers in the world? Uh, is it the U.S.? Because we seem to be so focused on customer service. Is it over in Asia where they deliver a very, very high level of service? Well, the answer is Brazil. High-end expectations in Brazil when it comes to customer service. And you'll see throughout the report and what we talk about with Trisha, I'm going to ask her about this, is how the millennial age group, which is 18 to 34, seems to be leading the pack in many areas of expectations when it comes to customer service. So don't go away. We're going to take a real short break. When we come back to talk with Trisha. my name's Chef Hyken. This is Amazing Business Radio. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you an amazing interview today, and we have Trisha Morris. She is the senior product manager, excuse me, marketing manager over at Microsoft, and I first met Trisha back when there was a company around called Parature. Uh, she bought, uh, Microsoft bought the company, and now she's with Microsoft doing some amazing things. Her blog, by the way, is considered one of the top customer experience blogs. It's a must-follow. It actually was uh, given a ranking of one of the 20 best customer experience blogs you must follow in 2016. But I also know 2014 and 15 were really great years for her as well. You can follow her on Twitter at, at Trisha E. Morris. And uh, Trisha, welcome to the show, Amazing Business Radio. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks to you for having me, Shep. Well, hey, we've got so much to talk about. The first thing is, let's talk a little bit about Microsoft. Uh, you know a lot about what's going on. I don't know what you're allowed to tell us, but there's some really exciting news that came out just recently, uh, within the last month or so, about LinkedIn and Microsoft. Any comments there? Any insights? We are just so excited to have LinkedIn as part of the Microsoft family. It it's you know really rounding us out as a business that can empower people to do more. Um, you know we've got great brands like Cortana and Azure, Bing, the brands you know like Office, and now you know to add LinkedIn to the family, uh, we're really excited. So Bing, great search engine. Um, that's a big competitor to Google. Uh, any any thoughts there? What's going on? What What's different about Bing? Well, one of the main things you'll see when uh, you first go to the Bing homepage is there's always some interesting tidbits of information and a great photo, you know, as opposed to the, the Google homepage where you go to search. And you've got, you know, all of Microsoft's capabilities there, too, with uh, Translate and Maps. So, uh, you know... It it is uh, up and coming. Definitely, you know, not as prominent as Google, but uh, you know, just a, a great experience when you first come to the homepage. A, a formidable competitor uh, is what I would how I would refer to it, and it's growing. I know that, and uh, so it really is. Yeah. So and and it's also got a small company behind it called Microsoft. So that's right. 
Huge, huge. So we have this report that, that Microsoft just published, the annual State of Global Customer Service Report. And I know you had a lot to do with that report, yes? Yes, I, I'm really excited to share some of the findings. Um, this year we surveyed 5,000 consumers across the globe. Wow. Uh, we uh, surveyed consumers in Brazil, Germany, Japan, the United Kingdom, and, of course, the United States. But um, one thing we did differently this year is we also divided the consumers by age groups. Uh, 18 to 34, 35 to 54, and then uh, 55 plus. And that really gave some amazing insights into where customer expectations are heading. Did you find that uh, there was a lot of difference between countries and the expectations of customers and how well companies are delivering? We did. Um, Surprisingly, we had a uh, reveal webinar recently, and we asked, the attendees on the webinar, which country they thought would be, you know, the most demanding when it came to customer service. And uh, everyone guessed the United States. But, uh, you know, just to let you know, it turns out that it's Brazil that is the most demanding. Really? And any particular reason why? Um, you know, my guess is because, and, and it's because it's Brazil you have, you know, a, an economy, especially with the the more wealthy that is built on luxury, high-priced items, and uh, I, I think, you know, they're more empowered and they're more expectant of service to be equal to the price there. What about uh, age demographics? Is there a particular age that seems to be more demanding? Or uh, how about, and and the other direction uh, just seems to be, hey, it's all cool. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, The 18 to 30, you know, what they say about millennials is it's all true. The 18 to 34, um, in most of the questions, they were 10 percentage points or more above on their expectations for customer service. So, uh, yeah, everybody's got a lot of work to do to, to keep up and move forward. So what was your biggest aha out of the report? Um, One thing that really sticks out to me is that more than half of consumers, 56%, have higher expectations for customer service than they did just one year ago. And for, you know, we were talking about millennials, for that 18 to 34 age group, that jumped more than 10 percent 68 percent of ages 18 through 34 have higher expectations for customer service now than they did just a year ago so i have a theory behind that but i want to hear yours first i believe in this age group it's just it's not just but a lot of it is due to how empowered they are and how they converse with friends. They expect, especially through texting, you know, you expect a response within minutes, if not an hour, and you have, you know, all the technology and all the knowledge to use channels more than perhaps, you know, um, people in the older age group like myself. I know, I was thinking when you're breaking those age groups down, 
I, I'm not telling anybody which third I'm in, but it's not the millennial third. So, so but so over, young. Yeah, overall, in general, this, this is the stat that impresses me. Whether it's 56% or 68%, you're saying that these people, these customers, expect better service or expect a better customer experience than they did just last year. And so rather than separate the millennials out from everyone else, in general, why do you think people are expecting more? What's your, your guess or take? Or maybe it's not a guess. Maybe it's you have the stats and the facts to back it up. I think it's because a lot of the brands, especially, you know, I, I think about Amazon and, and Zappos, they have really raised the bar on customer service. And, and people aren't willing to except you know middle of the road or mediocre especially with amazon you know with prime they're used to getting their packages within two days uh i I think it just it just raises the bar for all of us yeah i think so too and i think that's exactly what i've been preaching for a number of years that you know everybody says what's changing in customer service more than anything it's not even technology although it's changing a lot things are happening but I think the customer's expectations of a better experience are higher because they're better educated. They're dealing with companies like the ones you mentioned, Zappos, Amazon. And you can look at other, the, the other great brands like, you know, uh, Ritz-Carlton and, you know, in the luxury hotel chain like uh, Four Seasons. Or you look at somebody like, um, gosh, there's so many great companies out there that are just kicking it and doing an amazing job. And when you have that experience with these amazing companies and you go to another company, uh, I, they do what I call, uh, I call it creating a demanding customer. These great companies have made customers more demanding than ever when it comes to delivering customer service and experience because we Absolutely. go somewhere else and we expect the same experience we got when we went to Zappos. Absolutely. So I don't know what your take is on this. I just read the most fascinating article. It was a very short article, but uh, Walmart is known for what? See, now I'm going to ask low you the prices. questions. Yeah. I would, I would say <laughs> right, low prices. Right. Yeah, you're going to give us the insights here. This is great. Low prices <laughs> and big selection, right? Definitely. That's right. And they really compete best as they can in the low price market. They even uh, have a good online presence so they can, you know, you, you don't have to actually go to a Walmart location. Arch enemy of Walmart is, and you've already mentioned them, Amazon. So this is what I found interesting. 10% of the sales and, you know, consumer sales in the country are going to Walmart. 10%. That's huge. One out of every $10 spent out in the retail world is with Walmart. What percentage do you think Amazon has? I'm, I mean, this is, I know, you probably don't know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah, I don't know. You threw me now. Right. I was I was shocked. I was shocked. It's half of Walmart. Okay. I, I would figure Amazon had a much bigger presence than they did. Half of Walmart. So Walmart has, uh, you know, low prices, great selection, but Amazon is trying to compete in one area, and it's it's not even what I would call customer service. It's a specific part of customer service. And you already mentioned Prime, and that area that they're really trying hard to compete in is inconvenience. So they know that 
they have low prices, they have big selection. So does Walmart. What is the extra piece that they can layer on? And once again, it's service. But I don't know about you. My my concept of service is you end up having to pay for service. It typically costs a little bit more to get good service. Uh, Agree. Yeah. I mean, you go to Walmart, you still get nice, friendly service. You don't necessarily get as many people walking the aisles helping you out as you might at a in an Ace Hardware store, you know, where they're known for better service. And or Nordstrom, where, you know, they're they're known for better service. That's because they staff knowledgeable people where at Walmart, it's just, you know, a few good people doing their job. And if you have a question, they could probably answer it. So where am I going with all this? Where where Amazon is competing is in the area of convenience. They can get it to you, not just within two days. They're setting up distribution centers so they can hopefully get you product within two hours. And I think that's a pretty pretty amazing thing. All right, we got off the subject. Um, <laughs> let's let's go back to your survey. Any other big insights? I'd say definitely, you know, around expectations again. Um, we found that seventy two percent, almost three fourths, expect the agent that they're engaging with, whether it's by phone or email, but most likely by phone to already know their contact information, their product information, and their service history as soon as they start talking to that agent. And I know, you know, that's not the case with most contact centers right now that agents are empowered with that information. Um, 77%, again, more than three-fourths, also have a more favorable view of brands that offer proactive customer service notifications. So, you know, going beyond just regular customer service capabilities, um, you know, these these stats are showing that that we, you know, ne- really need to start moving forward and, and thinking ahead. The customers are already there. Wow. So when we come back for a break, what we're going to talk about is an incredible technology that I saw that addresses the exact issue that you just mentioned, that 72% of these consumers and customers expect the agent they're dealing with their contact center to know their information. Uh, Also, uh, the proactive customer service concept, we want to expand on that. And we want to talk about Boy, there's so much to talk about. Social media customer service, self-service customer service. So everybody, we've got a lot to talk about. We're talking with Tricia Morris, the senior product marketing manager over at that small company called Microsoft. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24 7 365 days a year just go to www.shepondemand.com once again that's shepondemand.com and remember always be amazing this is amazing business radio with shep hyken welcome back to amazing business radio shep hyken here talking with trisha morris from Microsoft, and when we were finishing up just a few minutes ago or a moment ago, we talk, We were talking about this uh, concept about the agent and having to ask for information. You know, can you tell me your name? I, you know, and this drives me crazy. It absolutely drives me crazy. 
I call a company. Somebody answers the phone, which makes me happy, by the way. And they ask me my name, and they ask me my customer ID number or my phone number. And then they say, let me route you to the correct person. And I get to the person that answers the phone, and what do you think the first thing they ask me is? Can I have your name? Exactly. And what's your customer ID number and your phone number? But wait a minute. I just gave this to somebody, didn't I? Does that drive you crazy? It drives me crazy. And then if you have to talk to someone else, you start all over again. So I was at this conference uh, about a year and a half or so ago, I'm guessing. NICE, N-I-C-E, Israeli company. uh, company, uh, The the conference is called Interactions. And they showcased an incredible technology that voice printed the customer. And what was really cool is that within 10, 12 words or so, literally seconds of a customer talking, it pulled up their record. And then all the support center rep has to do is ask a couple of quick, maybe type security questions, but nothing that goes deep, nothing that takes two minutes, just a real quick question to verify this is really the person. And obviously, if somebody had a terrible cold and couldn't talk... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they'd have to do the traditional <laughs> method. But I think that's a pretty cool technology, don't you? That is fantastic. It really, I think it's a game changer for some. The it other really thing is. you mentioned was proactive customer service. I love this concept. I've written about it before. Uh, but go ahead. You had a great, uh, at the break, you gave me a really quick example that I think is just perfect. Go ahead and share that with us. Yeah, so... Um I, I'm. I think I'm one of the lucky ones. My internet service provider and my my cable company is able to send out proactive notifications via text and email when they know my cable or internet service is down to let me know that they're working on it, so I don't have to call in and wait on hold and you know go through an agent to see what's the matter. And then when that service is restored, they also send me a proactive notification that says your service is restored, um, you know, please check. And, and if you have any problems, let us know. But if you don't, have a, have a great day and get back to what you're doing. Wow. So I just want to make sure I understand. You just complimented your cable company. I did. And don't tell us the name, but their initials are Verizon. <laughs> Yes? That's correct. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Verizon's actually a great company. They're doing some great things. And and you know what? The cable industry has had some pretty tough years uh, with reputation and customer service. However, uh, I'm a believer, I'm a very positive guy, that they're doing some really good things. I believe the Comcast debacle uh, from two years or two summers ago where the guy tried to disconnect and couldn't and went public with the conversation between him and the support rep. I think that brought light to what they needed to do. And I believe that all, or most anyway, of the cable companies and the Internet providers are stepping up and providing a better service. I don't know, when you had your cable installed, how long have you lived where you lived? I've lived there about two years now. Two years. So I don't know if it was in the last two years, but maybe you remember getting your cable installed. Did you have to take a half a day off of work? At no pay, I might add, <laughs> to get that to meet that cable person who's going I, to install. I still did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I know, and, and that's that's the way the you know reputation. Hey, you want cable? Let's do this. Take a half a day work without pay, and uh, maybe you'll get lucky, and our and our cable guy will show up on time. 
But today it's different. Uh, whenever we have an issue with cable, they say, uh, pick an hour. What do you mean? Like, you want to do it during lunch? Uh, everybody wants to do it during lunch, so it might take two or three days before we get to you. But, hey, we can come at any – just give us an hour, and we'll be there within that hour. And I'm going, wow, that's impressive. And they call you when, you're on, when they're on their way. And I really think they've done a good job of bumping it up a notch and delivering a better service, especially because they do have a really great product. I mean, the Internet is cool. And cable TV, when I was a kid, there were four channels. Now there's 400. And it's an amazing technology. Have you seen that commercial on TV where cable goes down and that's the family and they're freaking out and the little girl says, oh, my God, cable's been out for seven minutes. There's something that's <laughs> happened in the world and we don't know what it is. <laughs> it's true. We are so dependent on it. All right. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, oh, let's talk about self-service customer service. Uh, that's a hot topic these days. Any thoughts or anything in the report that was reflected on that? Definitely. Um, we had more than 90% of global consumers that now expect a brand or organization to offer a self-service portal on their website. And, you know, we've found that more and more customer service interactions are starting online, a little more than half, 55% now begin online as opposed to the phone as as people you know try and serve themselves before they have to you know try and call in or talk to an agent wow so i was asked the other day in an interview uh what what uh customer service you know something that we're used to will be obsolete in the year 2000 or 2020 2020 now 2020 is really not that far away it's three and a half years from now. No, nope, it's not. But I don't think anything's going to be completely obsolete. But you know what's shrinking is the traditional phone. Um, Ten years ago, that might have been almost 100% of how you connected with a company, either phone or maybe email. And today, it's dropping. And you just said uh, 50, what'd you say, 55 or 58% um, of the calls or of the support originates now via the web versus picking up the phone and calling. And that number is growing and growing. I wouldn't be surprised if next year it was 65 or 70%. Yeah, I would say the same. Yeah. I think two things are happening. Uh, one is that we as companies are providing uh, better options. So whether it's and, – and I don't know if email is even the best option anymore. I think email is going to disappear. But if, if you've got that great self-service portal with frequently asked questions, videos, to, video tutorials – uh, people that and, and this is what I love uh, they create forums and obviously fans or evangelists of a company kind of hang out and help answer some of the questions that customers have I mean there's some great Very information true. out there so the self-support options are, are just becoming greater and greater but I think people are getting smarter I did interview somebody recently who said that no matter uh, how great the technology is, at this point anyway, there is always a group that will not use it. So you still have to have that traditional phone technology. I agree. And I think, you know, especially for more complex issues, there's not always going to be a self-service answer. So, uh, you know, and that goes back to empowering agents. They have to be, you know, smarter have more knowledge about the product and service ever, than ever before because the questions are getting harder. 
They are. And I, I, I think the phone will always be there as the secondary uh, tier, and many calls or support issues will go to the phone. But they are starting out more and more. And, and even though it's just a little bit more than 50%, uh, the big prediction, I think, will be in a year to two years, it's going to be probably two-thirds to three-quarters, if not even getting higher. So we, we only have a little bit more time left. Uh, any comments on what's happening in the world of social media customer service, as we call it, social care? Yeah, so social care, you know, I think it's taken a different turn. I remember it was probably three to five years ago that the analysts were saying, you know, that social media would replace the phone as the number one channel for customer service and you know i i I don't see that that is the case and in fact the report that we just put out it shows that only 31 percent of global consumers have used social media that to ask a customer service question um but for these millennial customers ages 18 to 34 that actually went up to 52% had, more than half had asked a question on social media for customer service. I love how you phrase it is asking a question. Many people think that the reason to go to social media is to make a complaint, to yell and scream about the company. Uh, the reality of it is it's just a great place to say, hey, I've got a question, can you please help me? Uh, if I think it's a it's sometimes a faster way than even using the phone to get a response, uh, Twitter. I agree. Uh, Twitter now has created a customer service tool and actually is encouraging companies to make it a formal channel. Uh, they allow you to go to instant direct message, so there's no longer a limit of 140 characters. You don't have to follow the company to direct message them. They also, at the end of the interaction have a quick little survey, uh, uh, a net promoter score type survey or a CSAT type survey, just real quick, that will allow you to rate the company's experience uh, using that tool. So I think, you know, Twitter is really going aggressively and being proactive at becoming a, a good social media tool. So I think we'll see more and more of that. So as we start to wrap up, is there one, like, big revelation, aha, you can either uh, emphasize one we've talked about or... Give us a new one that would really make us think. Hmm, I'd say a new one, and and this is, uh, you know, I, I think a pretty good closing stat. And for everybody, you know, that's in the industry in the space, it it really makes us think about how important customer service is, especially in terms of the customer experience. Um, in our survey, we asked how many had stopped doing business with a either a brand or an organization because of a single poor customer experience. And that was 60% of everybody polled. And again, you know, moving back to that 18 to 34 age group, theirs was 68%. So here's even higher. This is the message. If you haven't gotten it. And by the way, back in the 1980s, when George Bush, the first George Bush, the old man was still president he commissioned the White House Office of Consumer Affairs to deliver a study similar to the report that you have delivered here to us. And there was a stat in there, and, and that stat was actually it was 72% of customers leave. 
and typically it's because of the indifferent attitude that somebody had. Well, today, that indifferent attitude manifests itself in any service channel. So it's just a bad service experience, a blasé, average, mediocre, nothing special service experience. We need to take away that if we're not using customer service to our advantage, our competitors definitely are. I think so as well. You know, I think in many brands, customer service is such a a hard job and it it really doesn't get the credit that is due, you know, to the employees in, in that space and especially around the whole customer experience. That's really, you know, where your customers spend a lot of their pivotal pivotal moments, you know, with the customer experiences right there in the with the customer service agent. Uh, it's it's make or break. It's uh, that's why you know Jan Carlson termed it the moment of truth is when they have that really opportunity is. to make that you know when the company has the opportunity to make the impression, and people are making the impression many of the times. Now it's the experience through other channels that aren't necessarily people related. Well, Tricia, this has been great. You have given us just tons of information and great insight. I know that people who are listening, you know, hopefully it's raised their eyebrows and and they've gone, hmm, I need to think about how that's affecting our business. So you've been awesome. Thank you very much. You have two chefs. Always great to talk with you. Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. My name's Chef Hyken. This is Amazing Business Radio. And I'm reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.